In today's show, we will conclude Hilchis issues with Perik Chav Gimel Chav Dalot Chav Hey. In Perik Chav Gimel, the Ram is going to continue the discussion of yesterday's Shir regarding Nichsei Milog and Nichsei Tzim Barzal. Halacha Aleph: Isha Shehisnei Sal Baylo. Novatas Chos Medvarim Shezecha Behenabal. A woman who made a condition with her husband that the husband isn't going to have a certain benefit from her estate because of Lava Eidar Rusak and when he saw him, if this was written down formally. After the engagement, before the before the marriage, before the nisuin, any no transaction, no kinyan has to occur. Whatever is written down is binding. If the agreement is made after the nisuin, they have to perform a kinyan. Base. If she made a condition with him that he won't have any say with regard to his wife's property, she sold or gave as a gift to her estate. It's binding. Nevertheless, the husband is entitled to the benefits, the payers of the property during the time that it's in her possession. If this statement is done together with a Kenyan, whilst she's in a Rusa, before the Nisuin, that he will not have any, any matter in Ose regarding her estate, he's removed himself from the actual body of the land, and even Paris he isn't entitled to. Even if he um, protests and he said regarding uh, the Kenyan that it, it didn't occur to him that he won't have any Paris because of this Kenyan, uh, rather the sale is binding. And uh, he concluded by saying that for, for further proof, a, a man wouldn't uh, marry a woman who's not bringing, who isn't bringing anything to the table, to the marriage. Nevertheless, in Shaman, like, we don't listen to his claim, rather he has already relinquished all right that he has to his wife's property. If they made the condition that he isn't going to eat the paris of her estate, he doesn't eat the paris directly, by land, then eat the paris at that that land makes. Because he only waived the right to the payers of the original property and not to the payers that accrue from those payers. If not only did he say he's not going to have any honor from the actual payers, but from the payers of those payers. So what he does, he, take the, he takes the original fruits, he buys land. He takes the fruits that that land makes and sells them to buy land, and the fruits that the that the second that the third land makes, he's allowed to have benefit from. The same applies continuously. Unless the condition was that he's not going to have any benefit from any future payers along the line, and only then afterwards he's not going to have any hanaf from the profit that accrues from her estate. However, if she dies during his life, to Mira Shakel, he inherits everything that belongs to her. Hey. If the main condition is not going to inherit her, he doesn't inherit her. He is, however, eligible to have benefit from the profits that accrue from her estate while she's still alive. So, too, if the agreement was that he's going to inherit only part of her estate, so, too, if the condition was that if she passes away without any children, her estate goes back to her father's home, it's binding. That the, that the agreement was formalized before the Nisuin. Because regarding an estate that one inherits that doesn't come directly from his father's household, i.e., in this case, from his wife, a condition may be made to which he doesn't, to, to which to the extent that he doesn't inherit it, before 
it's fit for him to inherit. Meaning before the Nisoyin, Avalim Hisni Ma'achashini says, Tanoi Bottle, Yiroshana Kameshimian. If however the condition was made after the marriage was formalized, after he consummated the marriage, the condition is nullified and he inherits her estate, as explained above. Zayin Hisni Ma'achashini. If he made the condition with, if the couple made the condition after marriage, Shaliyu Lai Dinudvan Ben Chaser, he isn't going to have a say regarding the estate that belongs to her regarding any future profits that would accrue from her estate during her lifetime after her death he isn't entitled to any peris he is however entitled to inherit that estate if she passes away during his lifetime as explained above a husband who invested money regardless if the profit was more than the investment or if the investment was more than the profit even if he ate one dried fig in a respectful manner by his dining room table, or he ate the value of a dinner, such as he ate it um, whilst walking in the street, even if he only used the profits of the field to buy a bundle of twigs, whatever money was invested was invested, and whatever money he, he um, the Robert, whatever profit was benefited from, that is that is how much he benefits from, because the Nichsimilog, the husband doesn't take any financial lachrais, meaning that even if it's worth at the time of marriage a thousand and by the time of the divorce five hundred, he returns it to his wife as it is in its current state of five hundred. If she inherits money in a distant location, and he invested time and money and told he brought these monies to his place, or he was able to bring it to him from. Um, being that it was in somebody else's possession, and with the money he put land and ate the profits that accrued from the land, with the above shares mentioned in the previous halacha, whatever he invested was invested, and whatever he ate, he ate, meaning he isn't entitled to any reimbursement for the additional money that he laid out to invest in the land and to bring the money to his location. If he invested and didn't have any benefit, any profit, he didn't have any hana, eat, he didn't eat any of the fruits. From the land, or he ate less than a dried fig. We we estimate how much it has raised in value. We ask him how much he he invests. If the profit is more than the investment, he was holding the secretary. How much he invested? And he takes the small amount of the profit. If the profit is more, if however the, the investment is more than the profit. He's only entitled to the less amount of the profit, and again by prefacing it with a shvur. When does the above apply that the husband is only entitled to the less amount, either to the investment or to the profit? But Magarish in a case where he's divorcing his wife. When it comes to Meidades, even if he had a lot of hanor, a lot of profit from the field, we value, we estimate how much he ate, and we deduct it from what he's fit to receive. Because of the, of the money that he laid out to invest, after making a shul of a nightly, and he takes a difference. Because he didn't put all this money into the field so that she would be able to take the field and leave. And under these circumstances, one who invests money in the property of his wife was a katana, and she performed mion, thereby abolishing the marriage. We value, we estimate how much he ate, how much he invested, and how much the property was in value. And we uh, we calculate, we consider him as if he's an Aris, a sharecropper who receives a percentage for working in the field, because he went into that property with permission. There are many 
uh, customs when it comes to uh, a woman's dowry. Yes, some places write in the Ksuba more than what the dowry is worth. By a third, a fifth, or a half. Say the dowry is worth a hundred, and they write in the Ksuba that it's worth one hundred and fifty. To show people that the that she's bringing in a lot of money to the marriage. And when they come to absolve the marriage and she comes to collect the Ksuba, she only collects a hundred. Some places write less than how much the, the dowry is actually worth. If she brings in 120-150 worth of, of uh, vessels for her dowry, by the time of divorce, in that situation, she would only receive a hundred. Some places write the exact amount of the dowry in the Ksuba. There's some places where the custom is for a man to give a set amount of money um, proportionate to the dowry for the kala to um, buy herself clothing and purchase and purchase perfumes. There are other places that have the custom for a man to add an additional amount of money of his own for his wife and add it to her dowry. And so the idea would be that it would make her more harsh uh, in the community because it would show that it would show people that she's bringing in a large dowry to the marriage. Good base. Anais Istam, one who's marrying a woman without specifying any conditions, any tonight. Kaysev, Venais and Kimenei Gamedina. The again, the theme that the Ram is going to go through in the coming Galach is that Hakel Kimenei Gamedina. Bechein Hisha Paskal Hachnes. She who also stipulated how much to bring into the, to the wedding, they sent us committing a medina, when she comes to collect the she receives based on what the custom of the country is. Whether to to uh, whether it whether it was to write on more than its worth, or less than its worth, or shava bashava. Provided that that is the custom that is prevalent throughout the entire community in that location. In Gimel. If a, if a man and woman were discussing getting married, getting engaged, and he, ta- and, he, and he says to her, How much are you bringing as a dowry? She says such amount. And, and she says to him, How much are you going to bring in from your side? And he, he stipulates how much. A father who stipulates the amount on a, uh, in place of his son or of his daughter. So if the parents of the future couple discuss between themselves how much they're going to give for their children's marriage, for the dowry, and then they went forth with the Kiddushin, just the verbal statement is even though there wasn't any physical Kinyin Soda. So these are commitments that are established through just speech without requiring an actual Kinyin. When the father of his daughter, whose weather katano gadela, and the father of the son, um, stipulate these statements when it comes to the, their first marriage. Because a person's mind is close to the children, because of the great simcha of the first marriage, they are they are um, making it binding even by verbal statement. If it's rather it's a brother who is stipulating the diary of his sister. Or the mother who's stipulating the dowry for her daughter, or any other relative, or if they're discussing a second marriage, the statement is only binding once it is followed up with a kinyan. 
when a father makes a commitment for his daughter, the daughter only acquires it when her husband consummates the marriage with her. The same applies for the boy, that the boy only acquires it when the marriage is finalized. Because whoever stipulates the dowry, it's only for the intent that the marriage follow through. One who sets aside money for his son-in-law, and he passes away before he's able to marry his daughter. Now his daughter is either has performed even with his with her deceased uh, husband's younger brother. To your now deceased brother, I would have preferred giving these gifts, but to you I don't want to. This applies, meaning that the husband doesn't have to give over the dowry, even if the second son is more wise, or even if this uh, even if the daughter wants to go forward with the marriage. If a man makes a financial commitment to son and law moves to another country, she can tell a future husband, I didn't make the statement. What am I supposed to do? Either marry, marry me without the dowry or divorce me. He allows me if she ever makes a statement by herself. Now she doesn't have the financial means. She has to be in this intermediary state until she has the means to finalize the marriage. She tells until she dies. Why can't she absolve her marital status, her intermediate marital status, by implying the din of a miredes? Shamiredes, because it's different. Because by miredes, while she's engaged, the husband wants to marry, go forward with the marriage, and she doesn't. But in this scenario, the husband doesn't want her until she provides a dowry, that she stipulated. And she does want him, as is evident from a statement, because she tells him, either marry me or give me a get. When it comes to a Ketana, she stipulated in a Dunya on herself, the forced husband either to give a get or marry her without receiving the dowry. One who marries a woman and stipulates that he is going to provide Mazenus for her daughter X amount of years. He is obligated to provide Mazenus for her for the amount of years that he took upon himself. Provided that um, they made this commitment during the time of the woman's uh, Kiddushin. If it's not Pesha it has to be followed up with a Kenyan or written down on a document. If she divorced during the years that the husband took upon himself to um, lay out money for Mazenus for the daughter, and she married somebody else, and the second husband also stipulated that he's going to provide Mazenus for her daughter, for X amount of years. First, I shouldn't say that only if she comes to my rishos, to my house, I'll give her mezenis. He has to bring over the mezenis to the place where his ex-wife is, which is also the place where his daughter is. Also, the two should make a joint agreement and say that we're going to provide money together. Rather, one should provide money, one should provide food. What happens if the daughter gets married during this time? The husband has, is obligated to provide her mezenis. And both husbands, her ex-husband and current husband of this woman, provide monetary value of mezenis to this daughter, to this girl who's now married. If these guys died, these same people who 
made the commitment to provide her mezainus in konami yadon if there was a kinyan involved a shechiv atzma bishtar or there was a document involved in the matter harizu kabal chayiv bishtar she's considered a creditor with this document and she's able to expropriate her mezainus from the estate of the of the uh, of the ez at save has mancha pasco until the end of the time that the deceased parents stipulated for them to receive mezainus from pasco b'shasa kedushin v'loi hoyasham kinyan if however this, the uh, tonight was made during the time of the Kiddushan when no Kinyan was made because it wasn't necessary so it's a verbal agreement for, uh, for in which case she isn't entitled to expropriate Mizenis from the estate of the Yisim that I'm going to discuss which women are entitled to their entire Ksuba and which women forfeit a portion of the Ksuba and wasn't able to have children with her and didn't have another wife to have children from even though we forced him to divorce and provide the ksuba she's entitled to the entire ksuba and all the conditions of the ksuba so that the husband has all the, the rights entitled to him just like he would when it comes to marrying any other woman if a man marries a woman without recognizing the condition and only later was discovered that she's an alienist or a woman who the tailor prohibited him from marrying as a uh, as a lace when he marries a woman that the Chachamim forbid him from marrying ben hikirba, ben no hikirba, whether he knew about the Isser Bashas and Isoin or not they're not entitled to the Ikrik Suba i.e. either the May or the Masayim they're entitled to the Tesefes they're not entitled to Mazenus even after he passes away when we force them to divorce, we don't take uh, set aside money uh, to to provide the woman that the husband had uh, money that the husband had benefit from her estate. Why these women not granted the essential portion of the ksuba but are granted the tesefes, the addition? The ikr was established as a tekanas chachamim as a financial penalty so that person wouldn't come to divorce his wife at a whim. Now, since he wasn't aware of the Isir or of his wife's condition, she isn't granted the essential requirement of the Ksuba. And she has they, they have to divorce anyways. But the additional aspect of the Ksuba which which he uh, obligated himself in caused much of a Tamid Lafanov. And uh, she granted she granted him the uh, his marital satisfaction, and therefore But it's a tear that forbade them to to continue to be married. What is she supposed to do? So being that there was a transaction, and both sides have hanor, so that's why she's entitled to. That's why she's entitled to uh, the tesefes. It's not her current actions that cause her to be forbidden to her husband. Rather, the prohibition was always standing. Why is it that when it comes to the Shnir, the Isra Shnir, regardless of she knew of, of uh, regardless if the husband knew of her Isra before or after, we say that um, she doesn't have any Ikr Ksuba at all. Because the Ram explains it, the Chacham established it and gave it more strength. To say that because you were every different therefore even the ikri you don't have. But if however he married, one tayfer bade him for marrying. That would be negative. 
and then recognize the isid, then what he was doing. Or he married a, a, teira, a, a woman that the Torah prohibited him from marrying that was uh, learned out from a, a positive mitzvah, regardless if he knew what he was getting into or not during the time of the marriage. Because when it comes to the Chayavi Lavin, who he knew about the Isser, it's a, he wanted to damage his, his Roshos, and um, that's why he's... And that's why he has to leave the Ksuba. And when it comes to the Chayavi say it's a very light Isser. And therefore, both are entitled to the Ikr Ksuba. Not, not only that, Yashul Shtei Mezenis Lachamese, both are provided Mezenis from his estate after his demise. So to him, Lov Savachla, if her husband travels away and she borrowed money to provide Mezenis, Chayvel Shalim, he's obligated to pay the creditors. And when we force them to, to divorce and absolve the marriage, the husband has to pay back to, the, to his wife any benefit that he had from the property from his wife's estate. Hey, Hamimo Enes, a girl who absolves the marriage through Mion, Ein Laksuba, isn't entitled to the Iker, Avot Seshla, she's entitled to the Tisefes. We don't expropriate the benefit that the husband had from her estate to give back to him. If she borrowed money whilst she was still a Ketano and married to him, being that her husband was out of town, so she borrowed money to provide Mizenis, and afterwards she performed Mion, Ein Mizenis Menabal, that money isn't expropriated from the husband to pay back the creditors. A woman who commits adultery isn't entitled to anything, not uh, any aspect of the ksuba, not the ikr, not the Because it's her deeds, it's her actions that caused it to be forbidden to her husband. What is the law regarding the dowry? Any woman who's nadunya is extant, a filozinsa. Even if she committed adultery, she takes what is hers and goes on away. So she was an and knew that she was a, a, a woman that the Torah prohibited him from marrying. Out of a negative decree, out of a negative mitzvah, the din of Hanudunya applies to her just like by all other women. Um, uh, the Hemshech of the Halach in this Gersa, so of Halach is Nichzit Simbarzel Chai Bechayosan, that when it comes to Nichzit Simbarzel, the husband is obligated to um, lay out the original value as it was during the time of marriage of Nichzimilog, and when it comes to Nichzimilog, Mashanik Nafeya Osha Avad, Avad Lav Ene Chai Vashayim, any downs, any loss she has to take. If, however, she's an Eilainis, some Chayovi Lavin, Velehikirba, or Chayovi Lavin, and he didn't know that she was a Chayovi Lavin during the time of marriage, Anything that was lost, stolen, or worn out, if it's a nichzitzim barzol, it's the opposite din. The husband isn't obligated to pay. Because she gave him permission, she gave her husband permission to have ownership over the over the estate. But the inverse of a regular case, when it comes to nichzitzim he is obligated to pay up the original value as it was during the time of marriage. Being that no marital bond is uh, binding, is a binding nature in the above cases, therefore he didn't acquire the right to use the Niximilov. Tess, Vamemo Enes, Enobeloyes Klaus, she isn't entitled to uh, any compensation for property that was destroyed. We don't expropriate anything from the husband to compensate for anything that was lost or stolen from her estate and she takes whatever property she has intact and goes on her way Yud 
Misha, since the Tachas Bala, when it comes to adultery, ain't like Ksuba. She's an entitled to the Ksuba, like Ikeval Tisafis. Amy, it's in Mahabal Dovim Masha Ovid, and Nikdam Nichsim Basel Shalah. Not only that, the husband isn't entitled to lay out money for Nichsim Basel. Vain Sarah Chleim and Nichsim Luk. Veloy Hamazan of Vad. This doesn't just apply to a woman who commits adultery. Even one who's over the Das, which the Ramah will explain in the following halachas, what that means. One who needs because of bad reputation. Each of these women take the dowry and leave. The husband isn't entitled to compensate for anything. Not any deteriorating, not any deteriorating cost or anything that was lost. This is what it means to say that a woman violated the the uh, the, the dust of Mesha. She goes into the marketplace with hair that's uncovered. She takes vows and oaths and doesn't keep them. Or was Mishamashmita during her state as a nida. She doesn't separate her husband intentionally forbidden foods. This applies even to foods that weren't tithed correctly. How is he to know of when there's an issue that arises? For example, if she were to tell him, so and so made them kosher by setting aside the correct mysis. And this dough, a so and so separated this allows me to be with you. And after they went forward with the activity, Shal Isai plainly the man asked this person who she referenced Vama and he tells him, not no such question was presented to me. This is a very sad measure. So to if her neighbors know that she's a need of this is also considered a very sad measure. The custom of Tsnis being modest. She goes out to the marketplace with an open alley, uncovered hair, without wearing the head covering that all women wear. Even if her hair is covered over, over lightly with a cloth. Or she was spinning wool in the marketplace with She has a, a, a wreath of flowers or a rose on her uh, forehead. Or in a cheek, just like the. Uh, the uh, the modest Gentile woman do. She's weaving the marketplace, showing her arms, lebni adam to everybody. To all the passes by Yeshua, he's in the sachekis and the bechorim, or she uh, she uh, plays frivolously with um, young men. She was demanding intimacy from her husband. To the extent that the that the neighbors can hear what they're talking about. She was cursing her in-laws in the presence of her husband. As established that a woman should always wear a belt or sort of undergarment in her home for tznias. If she doesn't wear this garment, this isn't considered bad behavior. She goes between chatzelim within the same movi. Being that her hair is covered, even though it's likely, this isn't considered unless she does so in the marketplace, in the public square. One who is who uh, who's over the the das tzricha hasra ve'edim v'chakir tasat kabasa? She only loses a ksuba if she does so after being forewarned with edim. Over a beinu lebeina if she transgresses only between herself and her husband. V'yada she hears veres al das and he knows that she's being over the das. V'hisra bab le'edim and warned her without edim. V'chazer va'avra and she again transgresses the das. Who tain v'imerach hasra over v'himeres le'vati klal? She says after I warned her she was over and she said I wasn't over b'chlal. Or she says he didn't want me. 
If he wants a divorce, he has to provide a ksuba after swearing that uh, after she swears that she wasn't over. For if she were to agree that she was over after the forewarning, then she isn't entitled to anything. That's why she has to make a shvor. What is referred to by a woman who is divorced because of bad reputation? There are witnesses to attest to the fact that she did something very unpleasant. Something that shows that there was an avera involved. Even though there aren't clear witnesses that she committed adultery. She was in a courtyard alone. And witnesses saw a spice merchant. going out. And um, as the witnesses walking out the courtyard, the guy walked in. And they saw her leaning over a bed. And, uh, and um, uh, putting up her undergarment. They saw spittle that was on top of the uh, the canopy of the bed. They were going out from a dark location. Helping each other come out from a pit. We saw her. Or they saw the uh, this guy kissing her her, her clothes. They saw them kissing each other. Hugging each other. We're going to a secluded location. If the husband wants, he can divorce her without providing ksuba. And uh, no, there, there isn't a need to forewarn his wife before she does these activities. We don't force the husband to divorce in the above cases. If he doesn't want to divorce, he doesn't have to. Even though he doesn't divorce, she isn't provided the Because the whole of the is in order that she shouldn't be divorced out of whim. And this was only established in regards to modest Yiddish woman. They unprovided this Rather, the husband should feel um, free to divorce her without any financial penalty. One who sees his wife committing adultery. One of his or her relatives tell him, he believes this relative, and he and he um, and he can rely on them. The report is that his wife committed adultery. Whether there was a man or woman that told him, being that he relies on the statement, said it's true. He's to divorce. He's forbidden to be with her, and he must provide the ksuba. If she herself admits that she was mizana. She leaves without any ksuba. In the case where he hears a report from a karif but doesn't see himself, uh, or she doesn't admit, she has to make a shavuot that she didn't commit adultery. she receives a ksuba. When it comes to hearing a report, he can only make her take a shavuot through a Google shavuot by applying by first making her swear about something else and then regarding the case at hand. If his wife says that I committed adultery to my own volition, we don't uh, pay any consideration to what she says, because uh, perhaps she's attracted to another guy and all that she wants is to release, to be released from the marriage that she's currently in. However, she has lost her entire right to the ksuba, the ikra and the sefes, and any decrease in value of the property that she brought into the wedding. If he trusts what she's saying, he has to divorce her straight away. A man isn't forced by destiny by the court to divorce his wife for any above case. Unless two witnesses come and testify, but it's saying that this woman committed adultery in the presence to her will. 
and only afterwards based and compel him to divorce his wife. If it was done by force or unknowingly, she's permitted to remain married to her husband. Regardless of the person forcing her was a or even if at the end of the act she willfully goes along with it, even if she says, leave him alone. Even if he wouldn't force me, I would pay him to be with me. She's permitted to be to remain married with her husband. It's the Yitzhah that's talking, and originally she was forced against her will. Women who were captured by bandits. They have the gather of uh, captives. And permitted to remain married to the husband. If the Listim let them go, and they went to the Listim on their own will, because a, an act that was done without intention is comparable to an act that was committed under coercion. The husband is a Yisrael. The husband is a Kayin. She is prohibited to remain married to him. And he's prohibited to remain married to a Zayna. Whether it was the wife of Yisrael or Koyin, we forced the Koyin to pay her Ksuba in full, and he must divorce. A woman, of, the wife of a Koyin who tells her husband, I was uh, raped or it was against my will, that it is somebody else. We don't take into consideration what she says. Perhaps she's attracted to somebody else. If she, if he trusts what she says, or he receives a report from someone who he trusts, he has to divorce and provide the Person who tells his wife in the presence of two witnesses, don't seclude yourself in your location with this individual. And she goes into that location with this person. In the presence of two witnesses, and she remained in that location. The amount of time it would take to do the Avera, she's prohibited to remain married to her husband, until the procedure of the Seita is performed. If he dies before he's able to perform the, the, the ritual of the Ksube, she's not in the ritual of the Seita, she's not entitled to the Ksube. Even though Bepoil, a Dovah Mechor wasn't found. Nowadays we don't have the Beis HaMikdash, and we can perform the ritual of the Seita. Nesra all of Yisraelim, she's prohibited to him always, forever, and she must, they must divorce, and she isn't entitled to the Ksuba. Because it's her bad uh, activities, actions that cause her to lose out. If he tells her between him and himself without any aid, don't go into seclusion with this individual. He sees that she went into seclusion with him. The amount of time will take to be over there. She's prohibited to remain married to him nowadays, being that we don't have the Mesaita. He must divorce and provide the If she agrees to what happened after the forewarning, she relinquishes her right to the Ksuba. Therefore, in the case, in the first case, where the husband is, divor is divorcing, initiating the divorce based on, on his sighting and not on the admittance of his wife, he would first have to make his wife swear that nothing happened and then she would be entitled to receive her ksuba. 
marries a woman without any preconditions, and he finds out that she took upon herself certain vows, prohibiting herself from certain activities. He can divorce without providing the suba. Regarding what vows are we discussing? That she said she's not going to eat meat or drink wine. Or dress nice clothes. But who within the shaharminim should dare call and shehamakim iskash behind the same place any other clothes that the women of that location usually wear? Of an imtzolan neder achir chutz meilo lehivsida klom. If however she has upon herself other vows that aren't the ones listed above, she hasn't forfeited anything. Base v'chena kenis is shustam benimtzol b'amum mumuhinoshim shikvar bi'anum. So to one who marries a woman without any preconditions and finds out that she has the woman that were laid out in halah in pedig zayin leyada habamu mumze leishamu byvirotza. The husband hadn't known about this before the marriage and agree to and to to go forward with the marriage has rotatable like he can give a get without providing the ksuba like equality surface she's not entitled to anything case of what's implied if there was a bathhouse in the city and he has relatives he cannot say i wasn't aware of these women of these blemishes even if the the uh woman that uh easy to cover over because before he marries her he asks his relatives about her status and the assumption is that he heard about her blemishes and he agreed to and went forward with the marriage if there's no bathhouse in the, in the town or if he doesn't have relatives he can bring up the time of one who has suffers from epilepsy is considered a concealed mum if it's a revealed mum he cannot make this time because everybody can see the mum and can inform him and the assumption is that he heard about them and nevertheless went forward with the marriage it's a known thing the above applies only to places where the woman would walk around in the marketplace and without any face coverings and everybody knows what the other and they, they would say this is a daughter sister of so and so like the towns of Edom in nowadays locations where the daughter is that women don't go out to the street at all if one were to go out to the bathhouse it would be at night in the uh, in the uh, the cover of darkness no one should recognize him and only her, her relatives would know what she looks like the husband would then even to make a taina regarding revealed woman for who provided there's no bathhouse in the location but he didn't have a female relative who would, who would be able to check him if, if however there was a bathhouse in this town where the women don't usually go out to that uh, marketplace to, to, to that bathhouse with an uncovered face if he has a female relative he cannot make the time of woman because her female relatives are able to see her future color in the bathhouse if however the custom is that even in the in the bathhouse they're very private to the extent that no one's able to see her the husband can make the time of revealed woman the above are logical statements it doesn't just refer to his relatives, but it also refers to his friends. Even if he lives in a town that he has no blood relatives, if there's a bathhouse, he isn't able to make the time of mumin. It's not possible that he doesn't have any friends. So that he, he would be able to tell of one of his friends that his friend's wife or his sister are planning to check 
um, about his future wife. He heard about the woman and nevertheless agreed and went forward with the marriage. However, says Ramad, this doesn't appear to me Dinze the above Din. Person doesn't say the above matters to to his friends, only to his close relatives. That he will only rely on the words of his relatives and not on the words of his friends. What is meant by the 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 tiny, the claim? That is regarding physical blemishes. If we're referring to a woman that she had before she was engaged, she had additional finger The father has to bring proof that the husband knew about them, nevertheless agreed. Or the assumption is that he, or, or we know for sure that the husband agreed. If the father cannot bring proof, he can divorce her without providing the If they are women that could have been it could have occurred to her after she was engaged if he found out about them after he she went into her husband's home the husband has to bring proof that she had these women only after uh, before before she became uh, engaged to him and uh, it was a it wasn't a valid transaction that he did an acquisition the Edison wasn't a good Edison if he found out about these women, and while she's still in her father's home, her father has to bring proof that these women occurred only after the Erison, the, the and uh, the husband suffered the loss, has to suffer the loss. Hey, if the husband brings a proof that before she was engaged, she had these women, she agreed, the father brings a proof that he saw and all knew about these women, and was and was quite spice and acquiesced. The husband is obligated with regards to providing the ksuba if he wants a divorce. Above, one uh, consummated the marriage. And a few days passed. And then he claimed that this mom wasn't visible to me. Only until now. Even if it was with only within a crease in her body or on the, the sole of her foot. We don't believe his taina. The, the assumption is person doesn't drink from a cup, unless he checks it very well. Therefore, we assume that he knew about the blemish and nevertheless accepted it. One who marries a woman and it turns that she doesn't have a vessel's kavua. She doesn't feel that the damnida leaving. She should only be intimate with her husband with two edim. With the exception in her age, shall ish with the aid of, the, of her husband, shall be connected by Atzmi, commissions very behilchas yisurabia. Halachaches, afal pishemum gadol hozei. Even though the above is a very big mum, if sida klum, she doesn't lose her ksuba. Shall be dekas Atzma tchilo mishameshes to make sure that there's no issue. Harishabat katzma vinivalo ubeishakin chatzma hivuhu. And when afterwards they both checked their edim nimtzadam al age shelo oy al age sheloi. Im ene zepam achapam. Shalish Pom, if this occurred three consecutive times, Smuchi Zulazul, one after the other, Hariz Rasura Leishib and Balo, she's forbidden to remain married to this man, Vetetib Lexuba, he should divorce without Lexuba, Leikavlete Sephis, Venot Tanaimit Nexuba, Shere Inuruil Tashmish. She isn't entitled to the Knesuba because they cannot live married life together. Vietzi Vlayachzalayram, she should divorce and never return her, and never marry her again. Shemit Srape, it could be that if she's going to be healed from this from the sickness and then he's going to marry her back it would turn out that during the time of the divorce 
the, the, mind's hus the, the, the husband's mindset wasn't to divorce completely, which is an issue. And therefore we say that when he divorces, he should do so with the intent that he's not going to marry her again. However, she will be able to marry somebody else, as will be explained on the Hilfus Nidah. When the woman had this condition from the beginning of a marriage, however, if this illness occurs after they become married, after a while, uh, while of time, he has to suffer the loss. And this situation occurs only after he was with her already. And he may never remarry her, as explained above. Yod. Woman who has blemishes after she marries. Even if she has, she becomes a leper. If the husband wants to remain married, he should do so. If he wants to divorce, he has to provide the ksuba. Man who suffers blemishes after she after he married. Even if his life his arm or leg is chopped off or his eye becomes poked out and his wife doesn't want to remain with him in we don't we don't uh, force him to remain married or we don't force him to divorce rather if she wants to continue to be married with him she should continue living together with him if she doesn't want to continue marry to to remain married with him however if he has all of a sudden very bad breath or odor. We became crazy and began to collect feces of animals. To um, quarry iron from an iron quarry or to tan or to work with hides. We force him to divorce and provide the ksuba because a woman cannot live together with a man who has these smells. If she desires, she may remain married to her husband. If the man becomes a leper, we compel him to divorce and provide the ksub. Even if she wants to remain married with him, we don't listen to her. We separate this couple by force, because she's causing his flesh to be consumed by being intimate with him. If she says, I will be with him, I want to live together with him, but in the presence of Adam, the intent is so that I won't come to the extent of being intimate with him because of Adam around. Her request is heeded, and she may do so. If a woman's husband has a constant bad breath, or bad smell from his nose, or would collect human fe or animal fe feces of a dog, and now, without children, and now yes, she has to do even. And his younger brother has the same woman as her deceased husband. She can tell him that to your brother, who is now deceased, I was able to live together, but with you now, therefore you should do chalitza and provide the ksuba. The Ramah finishes off with the Dover Tev, or the Eivonim, Lavonecha, Shalom Al Yisrael.